Well, good morning, church family. How are you doing? It's always a privilege to, to uh, preach to such a beautiful crowd of people. And uh, I uh, want you to know that this topic this morning of why does God allow pain and suffering is something that uh, I know that we all deal with. Um, you know, there's uh, a lot of paths that have been taken to, to bring each of us into this room this morning. And uh, there are some common grounds that we share together. Uh, one of the common grounds that we do share this morning is that we're alive, aren't we? Now, wife, you have my permission, permission to pinch your husband right now to verify that truth. <laughs> but we're alive. And another common ground that we have this morning together, we all get to pay taxes this year. Isn't that a joy? It's talking about pain and suffering. There's one for you. But the, but, but the other common ground that we have is that each and every one of us in this room, we have experienced pain and suffering. And the other common ground that we have is that we will also once again, if we're not right now, present time, will once again experience pain and suffering. So the question is not if we will, the question is when we will. And because that is the, the question at hand and we have to, uh, to, to discover through uh, the Word of God why this pain and suffering, why does God allow pain and suffering, I think it would be uh, appropriate right now just to highlight some of the ones that we deal with here in our, our Western culture, here in Murphy, Texas, here in Texas, here in the United States. You know that 76% of our families in America today struggle with making ends meet. 76% live paycheck to paycheck of our families, of our homes in the United States today live paycheck to paycheck. People are suffering just to make ends meet. That means that families all across our nation are one layoff away, one firing away from not being able to pay their mortgage, not being able to take care of the essential needs, the basic needs of their family. Also, in our relationships, there's pain and suffering in all of our relationships throughout uh, the course of time. 60% right now of our, our relationships, of our marriages in America alone, are injected with some type of abuse, whether it be physical, emotional abuse, 60%, 50% and growing in the divorce. It's painful. There's a lot of suffering marriages in our midst. It's all around us. Another area that we struggle with that most of us have, have dealt with either personally or with a family member or a friend is our health. Our bodies are breaking down all around us. And we deal with the ins and outs of hospital bills. And, 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 and it's just a never-ending process. Another pain and suffering that we deal with is death itself. Um, all of us have have dealt with death in one way or another. I'd like to share a story, a personal story with you uh, regarding the topic of death. It was just, uh, just nearly three years ago that I lost my father to Alzheimer's. And many of you walked that journey with me and, and ministered to me, and I, and I remember that for the rest of my life. But it wasn't but three years ago that I found myself walking, uh, waking up to my home in Saxe, only to prepare to leave my home to travel to, to Frisco, Texas, to sit by my father's 
bed, knowing that this could possibly be the last day that I share planet Earth with my dad. And as I sat by his, his head and just held his hand and stroked the top of his head and told my dad how much I loved him and kissed his forehead, his lips, his cheek, telling him how proud I was to be a son and all the reasons why I was glad he was my dad. I sang over my dad. I sang some great George Jones that day to my dad. Some great Johnny Cash. He was a classic country kind of guy. And so I just sang some of his favorites. And then my family, um, we all gathered together around his bed as the hospice nurse was saying, you know, it's any moment now. So we got to stand, or sit actually, around my dad. We got to hold him. We got to pray over him. And we were able to spend his last breath together as a family here on earth as he had his first breath in heaven. It was painful. It hurt. So I don't want to sit here or stand here before you today and try to minimize the hurt that pain and suffering deliver. I'm not going to do that because the hurt is real. It's very real. But what I do want to do is I want to maximize our Lord Jesus Christ in the midst of the pain and suffering. Can we do that together? All right, so let's maximize our Lord Jesus Christ. Knowing that pain and suffering is is a real part of life, there's no escaping it, I think it would only be fitting for us to go ahead and engage in where the Lord reveals himself. Let's go to Scripture itself, and let's talk about um, how God desires for us to deal with pain and suffering. Now, in order for us to do this, uh, church family... We have to put on our eyes of faith, okay? Because our fleshly eyes, they're, 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 they're not going to get us too far down the journey of, of, of gaining God's perspective in this area of pain and suffering and why he allows it. But if you can put on your eyes of faith, and that is that you just walk into Scripture asking the Holy Spirit to teach you to reveal the truth of God's Word in dealing with the, 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 the topic of pain and suffering... I believe this morning the Holy Spirit's going to do something very unique and special, tailored to your heart to minister to you alone. Because we have a very personal, loving God who wants to meet you where you are and minister to you where you are so that you can have an abundant life in and through Him. Amen? So, let's go ahead and go to the root of the problem. I want you to understand that God loves you. And he really never intended for pain and suffering to come into the midst. But there's something that, that happened long ago. It's called the original sin. Let's go ahead and turn to Romans 5.12. <coughs> and I'm going to be dancing through some uh, verses here. So if you want to just jot these verses down, there's going to be six references that I'm going to walk through 
uh, quite quickly. If you just uh, jot the, uh, write down the reference, and you can go to them later in your own personal study as you reflect back whenever pain and suffering enters your life, I think it will pay you some dividends. But 512, uh, Romans 5.12 says, Just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all have sinned. You know what? You didn't commit the original sin, but you have sin. Sin was birth out of disobedience to God. See, God wants a relationship with us. He doesn't want to turn us into robots to where he forces his hand to where we have to relate to him. We have to be obedient to him. That comes to a love relationship with the Lord, okay? That decision was made, um, and a wrong decision was made to disobey God. The original sin uh, gave birth, and so therefore sin exists. With sin, there are some effects. The effects of sin is pain and suffering and eventually death. Okay, so the root of the issue is sin here. Okay, that's what gave birth. That's the effect of, of pain and suffering. You didn't cause it, but you were born into it. You can't run from it. You can't hide from it. You can't pretend it's not there. The best thing that you can do this morning is just confront the issue for what it is and to get to the root of it. And the root is sin. There's no way around it. I hate it. I'm sure you hate it too, but it's real. And you have to face it for what it, you have to face it for what it truly is. So now that it exists, so what do we do? Do we just do we just lay down and, and, and fold up and, and cry about it and, and say there's no hope? Absolutely not. Because as we're keeping our eyes of faith on, and God reveals to us through his word that the original the, the original sin gave birth to this thing called pain and suffering, which my child, I love you, I never wanted. The story doesn't end. See, as we put on the eyes of faith, we start putting pieces of the puzzle together of the story of God. And although that's a piece of the puzzle that we really don't like to deal with, it's there. But I have a better piece of the puzzle that we can put in this beautiful picture that God is making for us to see someday when we are in glory. The second picture, the second piece of the puzzle that I want you to realize we find in Isaiah 53, 5 when the major prophet Isaiah was prophesying what Christ was going to go through. And here's what it is. But he was wounded for our transgressions, for he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the care... Uh, the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes, we are healed. See, here's the, here's the great news about Jesus Christ. And here's why we want to maximize him this morning. is because Jesus identifies with our pain and suffering. You know, a while ago I talked about our relationships that we uh, deal with on a daily basis. You know, Jesus had challenging relationships. You know, Judas, he betrayed him, turned him over to the uh, Roman soldiers. This is a man that he walked with, loved, cared for, and was betrayed by him. Think about Peter, who denied him at the very end three times. Now, these are men that he didn't meet just the other day. These are men that he walked miles and miles with, ministering. These men saw him do miracles. And at the very end, they betrayed him. They denied him. That hurt Jesus. That was painful for Jesus. He identifies with our hurtful relationships. But you know what? Even deeper, he identifies with us through the cross. See, here's the great 
a, a, a very significant piece of the puzzle when it comes to, to understanding the context of, of pain and suffering and how we resolve it through the power of Jesus Christ. Is that Jesus Christ, on our behalf, laid his life out for us, nailed to a cross, and died for our transgressions. He died on the behalf of our sin, our disobedience to God. Which again, let's, let, let's review. Sin has effects. And one of those effects is pain. One of those effects is suffering and death. Jesus took that on himself on the cross. And that's why that piece of the puzzle is so significant for us to understand and apply to the truth of our faith. Is because without it, there is no hope. But yet there's even a more awesome piece of the puzzle when it comes to putting on our, our faith eyes and, and, and seeing Scripture and the life and, of, of Jesus Christ as we maximize him more. And let's do that through Matthew 28, verse 5 through 6. I love this verse. Put yourself in this situation. The angel said, put yourself at the, at the tomb. Because when Jesus was crucified... And he died. And they took him off that cross. They put him in a tomb. Three days later, let's just look at Scripture with our faith eyes and see what happens. The angel said, as they approached the tomb, as Mary approaches the tomb, the angel said, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He's not here, for he is, let's all say it together, he is risen. You know what that means? That's why this is so significant in the story. It's because Jesus identifies with the root issue, sin. Jesus takes care of the root issue by dying for you and me, for our sin, which sin again has effects, pain and suffering, death. Jesus said, I am going to step in the gap for you so that you may live. And he died a gruesome death, a painful death, a death full of suffering. He took it all upon himself for you. Why? Because he loves you. And it's so, it's, so, it's so important that we grasp this. The great news of the, of the gospel is that the last piece of the puzzle here when it comes to this uh, part of Jesus' life and ministry is that he has risen. Amen? Amen? Now, because Jesus Christ has risen, guess what? We can call this now a very precious thing called the gospel. The gospel is something, my friends, that we have got to immerse ourselves in. We have to clothe ourselves into the gospel because it's in the gospel that we see the power of a changed life. It's because of the gospel of Jesus Christ that lives are changed. It's through the gospel of Jesus Christ that the blind can see, that the lame can walk. Marriages are healed through the power of the gospel. When you are mourning, Jesus, through the power of the gospel, can put a smile on your face. There is power in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And when we clothe ourselves in the gospel, when we take on 
and submerge ourselves in a love relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. And we apply the power of the gospel to our lives. Things happen. Things happen. And I want to walk with you through what can happen in the context of pain and suffering whenever you clothe yourself in the gospel. And I really hope, friends, that at this point of our time together this morning, that you realize that the common ground of pain and suffering that we all share together, it hurts. And the hurt, it grows. It gets deeper. It gets wider. It gets so overwhelming, you don't know if you can take it. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, you can't. But with the power of the gospel, with Jesus Christ on your behalf, on your side, not only can you take it, you become victorious over it. Why? Because Jesus has won the victory already on sin and death. And we take him on as our Lord and Savior when we find our identity in him. Not something that we just kind of attach to whenever times get bad, but we are identified. That is the center of our life. He is the centerpiece of my table. He is the coffee table in my living room. He's the center. Everything is about him, through him, in him, in my life. And when pain and suffering comes, well, guess what? I've got Jesus Christ on my side. He is, he is the one I call on first and foremost. He sustains me. He holds me. I don't have to search for him. He's here with me. And he always has been. And not only is he here with me, but he's saying, I love you. We've got this. We are the victors. And you live in that truth. So, when you clothe yourself, here are some beautiful characteristics. When you find yourself clothed in the gospel of Jesus Christ, you begin to experience the nature and the character, the sweet character of our Lord Jesus Christ. So in the context of pain and suffering, I'd like for you to turn to John chapter 16, verse 33. There's three areas, there's three things that, can, that you can apply to pain and suffering in your life when it comes to the power of the gospel and experiencing its nature and its character of our Lord Jesus. In John 16, 33... It says, in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. In me you may have peace. Not in you, but in Jesus Christ. In him. Well, how do you get to him? In faith. You live by faith, and you find in him, in the, in the mystery of God, in his love for us, and how he can just work through all of our transgressions and still have a purpose in our life, no matter what has happened in your life this morning, friends, no matter what, God can still have victory in your life. And you can have peace, but it's got to be on his terms, and he is saying, in my son Jesus, through his blood and resurrection through the gospel of my son Jesus Christ, you can find peace. I have peace in my life in the pain and suffering that I've endured. 
And there's a lot in that bag. But today, in Murphy, Texas, before you, I can say boldly, because of the gospel, not because of me, but because of the gospel, I have a peace. God's got me. He's holding me. I'm his son. I'm a son of God. I'm his child. And that's a beautiful place to be. Another characteristic, 1 Peter 5, 7. If you can take a moment to turn there or just write it down and I'll share with you. Not only can we find a peace in the gospel in our pain and suffering, but in 1 Peter 5, 7, it gets even better. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. You know, through the gospel, not only do we find peace, but we have someone who's willing to say, hey, just give it over to me. I'll give you peace, and I'll, I'll even carry the load for you. I'll carry the burden for you. Okay? You know what our problem is, is that we don't turn it over. Or we pretend to turn it over. But we kind of keep a little bit of it. Go, okay, I'm going to give you what I really know I can't handle, God, but I'll keep this. Because when we keep it, we think we have control, right? And we're all about control. Now, what God wants us to do is he wants us to simply come to a point of our lives where we say, without the gospel, there is no victory. Without the gospel, there is no hope. And I'm going to submerge and clothe myself in the gospel. It's not going to be, again, it's something I tag on whenever I have a bad day or when I really need God. No, I'm going to identify myself, no matter what my circumstances, as a child of God because of the gospel, the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's going to give me peace that passes all understanding when I'm having conflict in my life. But he also promises to carry the load. I've just got to give it to him in faith. Now keep in mind, this is all done in faith. And your faith is tapped into the power of the gospel. Okay? It's all about Jesus Christ. If you haven't caught on to that, it's all about the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in and, and faith, saying, okay, God, you said to cast our anxiety and our burdens onto you. You'll carry them. Let him carry it. You know, God's got big shoulders. He'll carry your load. He just wants you to walk with him, to worship him. You know that you're not created to have pain and anxiety in your life. God did not create you to suffer. That's not why you're here. Pain and suffering exists. We've already covered why. But God's saying, guys, give me, give me your pain and suffering. Let me hold it. You have that right because you're a child of mine. When I see you, I see Jesus. Therefore, you're free. Give me your pain and suffering. I want you to be freed up in your heart and your mind so you can worship me and live your life for me. So give it to him. The third characteristic, which is really fantastic, that we find when we clothe ourselves in the gospel, in its characteristics, its nature begins to reveal itself as we walk steadfast with our Lord Jesus. It's found in Romans 8, 18. Again, in the context of pain and suffering. For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory of that is to be revealed 
to us. The Apostle Paul, who had his share of pain and suffering, he came to the understanding that none of this compares to what's coming up ahead. Guess what's coming up ahead? Heaven. God's got a, a plan for your life. But this is just a, a stopping place. This is not the all in all. Sometimes we fall in. I know I fall into the trap. I mean, this is it. Man, I got to milk it for all it's worth. No, this is, just a, this is just a bump in the road when it comes to eternity. I want to share with you, uh, many of you uh, heard or have seen maybe the, uh, the movie a Soul Surfer. Uh, Dorothy, uh, no, I'm sorry, Bethany Hamilton, a young lady who lived in Hawaii, of all places, talking about pain and suffering, right? Um, she's out surfing. She's a teenage girl. She's out surfing, a very accomplished surfer, and surfed probably every day of her life um, since she was able to surf. Just a typical day uh, out on the beach in, in Hawaii, um, waiting for a swell to come, and she has a visitor come and just takes her arm off of a shark, came and took her arm off, nearly died. She survived. God allowed her to survive. And instead of saying, you know what, my surfing days are over, I have no hope, I'm just going to stay in my bedroom, have a pity party. And this is life-changing, and, and it was life-changing, and it hurt. And I'm not wanting to discount the hurt and the modifications that she had to go through in life, but what I do want to do is highlight her reaction. Her reaction was, I'm going to find out a way to continue to surf. And guess what she did? She found that way. Through the power of the gospel, this young lady is a Christian. And I believe through her faith in the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ and through the power of the gospel in her life, she was able to be empowered not to just surf again, but her arms reach out all around the world now because she lost one of her arms. God's using that incident in her life. In fact, my wife and I were checking her website last night is a busy young lady. I don't even think she has time to surf anymore because she has so many places that she goes and speaks and does signings for people that have been inspired by her life. So her legacy is not going to be a girl that got her arm bit off by a shark. That's not her legacy. That's something that happened to her in a moment's time in her life. Her legacy is that she lived a life empowered by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the evidence of that was seen in the, in the circumstances in her life. That's what's going to be spoken at her funeral someday, is that she lived a life for Christ. So my question to you this morning, as we come in for our, 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 the end of our time together this morning, is legacy. Pain and suffering, yes, we're in it right now. It's in our midst. But that's not what defines you. What defines us is the gospel. What defines us is Jesus Christ. So why does God allow pain and suffering? That's what defines us. It's because pain and suffering draws us into Jesus Christ. It points us to our need for him. I had the privilege of going to, uh, on a backpacking trip this past week up in Washington State and with a group of men here from the church. It was just a, a fantastic time. On our last day of, of hiking, uh, we pulled over on a cafe thinking we were just going to get a cup of coffee, and, and uh, it turned out this place had 
a menu full of incredible hamburgers and salmon burgers and all kinds of crazy stuff of that nature. And there was one called the Bigfoot Burger. Guess which one I ordered? <laughs> and boy, I ate every bite of it, didn't I, Adam? On the way out of that restaurant, uh, one of our friends that we were with um, came across this on the wall of the restaurant. It was a memo from God. The memo reads this. It's to you. The date is today. It's from God, the boss. The subject, yourself. The reference is life. This is God. Today, I will be handling all your problems for you. I do not need your help, so have a nice day. I love you, God. P.S. And remember, if life happens to deliver a situation to you that you cannot handle, do not attempt to resolve it yourself. Kindly put it in the SFGTD, something for God to do, box. I will get to it in my time. All situations will be resolved, but in my time, not yours. Once the matter is placed in the box, do not hold on to it by worrying about it. Instead, focus on all the wonderful things that are present in your life right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to conclude now. God has sent out a memo. The memo was sent through his son, Jesus Christ. Why does God allow pain and suffering? The reason why God allows pain and suffering is because he wants to meet you where you are. He wants to sit by you. He wants to hold your hand. He wants to stroke your head. He wants to sing over you. He wants to walk with you. He wants to tell you how much he loves you and how proud he is of you. And that when he sees you, he sees his son, Jesus, his most precious son, Jesus. And he wants to stay with you, never leave you, forsake you. And he wants to walk you into eternity to where you can see then and only then how all the pieces of the puzzle of the good times and the pain and suffering have made this beautiful, beautiful picture that God is designing for his glory but for your good and then when you see it in all its fullness and all its glory may then as he says to you as, as his child I know it was tough I know there was a lot of pain and suffering I know you struggled but welcome home thank you for living your life through my power, 
through the power of my son. And thank you for representing me well through that power because the impact that you were able to make on my behalf has allowed you to, to enjoy this picture of impacting people to know me, to, to love me, and for me to love them as Lord. So what is your legacy? Where is your spot in the picture and the puzzle that God's putting together? The gospel. The gospel is where the power of a changed life will occur. Now, in this room, and this is the time of invitation, is that if you're struggling today with something that's happening right now in your life or something that's happened and you just can't get over and you need to, to release it. You need to hand it over to God. The invitation is for you to do that. See, God is a God of response. He has responded. This relationship with God is, is something that requires for us to respond to him. And God's waiting for his people to respond as a church, as an individual, as a child of God, God desires for you to respond to the Holy Spirit ministering to your heart. So if you are here without peace, come claim peace. Jesus is saying it's here for you. Through my power, in me, through me, there's peace. If God's, the Holy Spirit's talking to you right now and saying, hand it over, it's too heavy for you. Come up here in faith. And hand it over. Say, God, take it. I can't handle it anymore. It's too heavy. It's too hard. And it is. But through the power of the gospel, he'll take it. He'll hold it. So you can be free and worship. And if you need the hope of heaven, you don't have that hope. You've never met the God of the universe through his son, Jesus Christ. And, and, and the hope that you have is that the Dallas Cowboys win today. Well, I've got much better hope for you. And that's Jesus Christ will change your life and give you eternal life. But he's wanting you to respond. He's not going to do it for you. He'll speak to your heart. He wants you to respond to him. Why does he respond to you the way that he does in his son? Because he loves you. And he can take pain and suffering and make that lemon into the sweetest lemonade, but it takes us to be a part of what he is doing. So respond, please rise. And the, 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 the podium's open, the, the altar's open, and you can talk with myself or Pastor Lash or just come to the stairs here and just... And just talk with God. When it comes to this thing of pain and suffering that, that you may be dealing with this morning.